Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jess and the Guest podcast. My guest today is the incredible Ben Higgins. Okay, I started this podcast as just a fun, easy thing to do, and it's actually changed the way that I view the media and people. Ben was so open and honest and kind, and you see a different side of him than I think you see on The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise, or really any of the Bachelor shows. He's so funny and just incredible. We talk about his flash mob proposal, having a parasite while filming The Bachelor, which honestly sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> but look, Ben and I are equally successful. Okay, sure, he has, you know, millions of women vying for his attention. Sure, no problem. And yeah, Jennifer Aniston's a fan. Okay, cool. But you know what? I have, um, well, I, okay, every guy I've dated has moved to a different continent right? Not country, continent, okay? I've read the U.S. some more douchebags in a fall study abroad program, all right? So take that, Ben. Now, I'm really excited for you guys to listen. He is such a great guy and was so open and honest, and I hope you read his book. Jessica, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. I'm happy to talk to you. Yeah, I loved your book. It was incredible. That's such a hard thing to do. Like, how was your writing process for that? It was really, really long. I'd say <laughs> is the best way to do it. I think some authors can probably pump out a book in a month. I took two years. Uh, it was a lot of like journaling thoughts and then taking my journal and kind of trying to comp comprehend the overall message. And then I brought in about six months left a ghostwriter to start helping me ask some of the questions that I was no longer able to ask myself because I kind of hit a wall yeah like I just got tired yeah you were so I feel like open and I think it'll really help people is that mm -hmm. was that one of your goals for writing the book too it was yeah I mean that was the only goal when when Harper Collins asked like hey you want to write a book I said yes but I don't know what I'd write about yeah and I knew I couldn't write about the show because I didn't have a lot of secrets yeah. Uh, to write about. And so um, I said, well, I have this journal and I think it would help people relate with each other. Like it's about connection yeah. and it's about trying to connect with people. Well, um, maybe that would. And they said, that's the book. And so that's why I wrote it well, for anybody out there who feels alone and who feels yeah. disconnected. I said, I, I want to write this book, to give it the best shot I can at connecting people again. Yeah. No big deal. Harper Collins just coming to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's weird in itself. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. What yeah. was what was the easiest chapter to write? Or was there even an easiest chapter? No, oh, I'm sure there was. Yeah, let me think. You know, I, I feel like the, the, the chapters on friendship and community were the easiest because they were the, the least personal. Yeah. There are also ones that I had had tangibly experienced. And so writing about the, the need and the desire for friendship and for community and connection came pretty naturally because I had experienced it because of how great my community was. Oh. Um, that flowed pretty easy. And, uh, and I think I've been lucky to have some really great people around me to show me just how beneficial that can be. Yeah. Was there a hardest chapter to write? Yeah. Um, I'd say any chapter, you know, the, the chapter about, you know, my, my past of mistreatment of others and addiction really hurt because I've never really shared that. Yeah. The other one was just like, uh, like the, the most emotionally difficult was the, the final section was about a connection with God. And at that moment I was 
feeling and still feel just like had a lot of doubts, a lot of questions, a lot of emptiness. I was in yeah. um, like kind of the, the darkness of the soul as, as the Bible talks about. And that was hard because I, I didn't want to admit it. Um, and so it kind of, it came, it came very difficult to me. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, everyone I know has gone through that. So it's so mm-hmm. empowering that you talk about it. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't, and it's very common. I mean, I went through it. Like I know everyone else. So it's really incredible yeah. that you talk about and are so open with so many things. So Thank you. Awesome. Well, that was the hope, right? I mean, that's the hope is that this book brings people together and it helps people feel less alone. Yeah. Um, so my goal was to, to share something like that, that would help people go, Hey, nobody ever talks about this, but I'm glad that you did. Yeah. How are you like staying sane right now with COVID and quarantine? <laughs> you know, it's wild, right? Uh, a lot of exercise, yeah. a lot of fresh air, um, a lot of interviews right now. Yeah. So I get to talk to people virtually a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the way though I've stayed sane is I do a lot of moments of just sitting in silence, like just like letting the world come over me and like hearing my, my, my thoughts and what my body's telling me. And like, that's been really healthy to this whole thing, because if not, I feel like I could find ways to distract myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to distract myself from what I'm feeling right now. I think, I think all of us are learning a lot about each other and about, you know, who we are as people. I love the title of your book too. How did that come about? Cause I feel like that's such a hard thing to pick a title to. Like, yeah. It was decide? a good thing effort. Um, there's a lot of people in a room and we were like, okay, you know, this book is on, uh, on reconnecting. So I was like, let's call it reconnection. Like, uh, I don't know if we want that. I was like, okay. And so as we were through, it's like, what are the feelings that you're feeling? I was like, I feel like I'm alone in plain sight. Like, I feel like I'm out in the world and yet nobody, nobody knows me and I don't know anybody. And I kind of feel like I'm on an Island, even though people are walking past me at all times. And yeah. he said like, what about it then? Let's call it alone in plain sight. And we did. Yeah. So I've never obviously been on The Bachelor, but I can't imagine how hard it must be to try and be yourself on a TV show where it's like not really yourself, if that even makes sense. Or like, I just feel like it would be really stressful. (laughs) How did you handle like trying to be yourself on a TV show? Like, yeah, people watching. (laughs) It is. It is really weird because you go from from zero to 100, meaning you're, you know, you're working your day to day job. And then all of a sudden you find yourself on TV at a mansion dating and you don't really think, I mean, at least I didn't, and I don't think we did think about the entertainment side of it. Like that people are going to watch our lives to be entertained by. Yeah. Um, but the, the, like the disorientation of being on the show, trying to navigate it, trying to be yourself, trying not to say the wrong thing, trying just to work through it day by day. And then also knowing that at one point millions of people were going to watch it is a really weird feeling. Yeah. It's really odd. And um, I'd say for me, then, you know, then I become the bachelor and it gets even weirder because yeah. then everybody's talking about you uh, <laughs> and it happens so fast. I mean, it happens a month after you're done with the other shows when you start getting in talks about being on the next show. And uh, it, it is confusing. I never found it to be difficult personally when it comes to like maybe how I was portrayed or like what people... Yeah. Like that, it you know, because it's it's very real, and I knew I made mistakes. I knew I had to own up to those mistakes. But what I found was really difficult was was processing just the quick switch up in life, <laughs> uh, and being exposed to things that I never knew I'd be exposed to. If you're like me, you have no time for breakfast. Trust me, I get it. And finding something healthy can sometimes be really difficult. 
So use Magic Spoon. It's this great cereal. It is low carb, high protein, and Jess and the Guest listeners get 10% off. Again, that's 10% off. Use code Jess and the Guest at www.magicspoon.com. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, do they give you any like press? Because you're so good at press. I've watched like your Good Morning America stuff. I'm like, how? And uh, so many news outlets, you're really good at it. Do they you. give you like training or any? Because I would be terrible. Just here you go. You <laughs> no, you've got a podcast. You're doing this now. You'd be fine. No, no. Um, there's not a lot of training. Now, I can't really remember any like training as much of, you know, I'm sure you could find interviews from when I was in The Bachelorette. They'd be like, oh, yeah, he wasn't awesome at this. And then you get better as you do it because you become more comfortable. You know, uh, cameras don't maybe intimidate you as much. You don't feel like you've got to put on a face. Like you just yeah. you just kind of get in it and it feels like what it feels like now. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of training. Maybe that's something they should do. Yeah, just I feel like it would be kind a lot. you into it. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, but you handled it so well. I yeah, I give you a lot of credit because it's not an easy thing to just all of a sudden you're famous and I don't know, everyone's trying to get to you. And it's not easy. It's weird. It's it doesn't make any sense. And fame in itself doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole thing gets weird fast. Yeah. How have you stayed so grounded too? Because you have I what I really liked in the book too, you talk about like not really having an ego, or you say it a lot better the way I just said it, but I think that's well, I have an ego. I have an ego. I've got to fight against my ego. I've got to let my ego be subdued because I've got a big ego. Um, how uh, I think one of the things is like my friends and family do hold me accountable. I think that's important. Um, they check me mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm not when my ego is getting in the way. The other thing that I think has been really helpful is they've always encouraged me. And then as a result, I've always tried to never make this about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my fame can come and go. My relevancy can come and go, but the things that I'm investing my my time and efforts into, hopefully they'll stay. Um, and so it's never felt it, it has felt it when I'm in my weakest. When I'm at weakest, it feels pressure packed because it feels like I've got to do more. Yeah. Or find a way to stay in the headlines. Yeah. When I'm healthiest, I'm just doing what I know and what I believe is good and right and loving, and then letting anything else that comes follow yeah um you know some would argue that's not that hasn't been wise that you know you could have used this whole platform to stay relevant and get paid to be famous that would have been could have been really amazing but instead for me I just know that like this this bachelor world isn't going to last forever and I don't have a tangible skill set to keep me famous (laughs) uh and so I had to just kind of focus on something different yeah come to comedy come be a comedian you'll be great (laughs) I've done it once Really? Um, yeah, I did it on a show that I hosted for NBC um, and called First Look. Oh, yeah. And they had me do stand-up. And it was awful. It was the <laughs> hardest thing I've ever done. It's so hard. I, it's also, I can't imagine your first time doing that to be on an NBC show. <laughs> like, no big deal, you know? Right? Yeah, not only do you do stand-up in, a, in one of the most famous uh, comedy clubs yeah. in the U.S., but then let's put it on national television and make it, let everybody laugh at you. <laughs> That's rough. Same. So during filming, did you really have a parasite? That's crazy. <laughs> I did. It was bad. Um, How did you do that? I got a parasite in Honduras. And, and Honduras is a great place. I go all the time and I just got it like kind of randomly. And yeah. Came back and I had let it just like go grow my gut. 
and nobody really knew what was going on. Everybody knew I was sick, but nobody really knew why. And it wasn't until like maybe a month or two after the show that it finally like got me to where like I was like hurting, like yeah. violently sick. Yeah. And I'd already lost 30 pounds throughout the show. Oh my God. And I was still losing weight after the show. And I just kind of gotten used to it. Like I was kind of like being able to function every day with this stomach ache. Yeah. Well, finally it hit me and I couldn't like function. And so I went to the doctor and like, you have a worm in your gut. Like not just one, like many, yeah. like they multiply. Um, <laughs> it was brutal. Like looking back, it was almost like, it's almost like dark comedy where it's like, of course, you're going to be the bachelor. You're supposed to be feeling your greatest. You know, you have to be confident. All these people are dating you. You should be feeling great about yourself. But instead in my mind, I was just like, I am sick. Nobody wants to date me right now. Like this is not, this is not going to be okay. Well, I would never have guessed that you were amazing, but dear God, I can't imagine how hard that must be. <laughs> weird, really weird. Yeah. Did you just like run out on a lot of times or like uh, often? There's three different times. In fact, we were in uh, the Bahamas once, and uh, I was so sick, and we were supposed to have a cocktail party. And it's so funny to watch back now or to see these seasons that have gone on since me and yeah. see kind of the behind the scenes. But I was laying on the bed uh, in my underwear and I was like sprawled out on the bed and they had fans on me and Chris Harrison walks in and he's like, are you good? I said, <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not good at all. Like I'm fever sweating. I can't get out of the bathroom. Yeah. And he's like, we have to cancel. Don't we? I said, uh, we got to cancel. Like I cannot. So he comes out and he goes, ladies, Ben knows what's he wants to, what he wants to do tonight. Um, and I did. I wanted to get out of there. Um, so we're just going to go right to the rose ceremony. And we did. We skipped everything and went to the rose ceremony. Poor staff, like, had set up this whole beautiful house for us. And I was like, guys, you don't you don't want me here tonight. That's so insane. I feel like you need to write another book, too, of just these stories of your life. Too. That, 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 that I'm just got to write them down, too. Like, I just need yeah. to write down all the, I mean, we all do. I think we should all write down all the crazy stuff that we've all, you know, had happen to us and that we've been a part of. Did anyone give you advice for The Bachelor? Yeah, I talked to Chris Souls. I talked to Sean Lowe. And I talked um, to Jason Mesnick um, right before, I guess it was on TV, yeah. which was really helpful and nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I hadn't really reached out to anybody. Yeah. Um, I think I reached out to Sean Lowe to ask him some stuff. and But um, I hadn't really reached out to anybody because I didn't know if that was a thing to do or not yeah. like I didn't know people did that now it feels like it's very you know like everybody does it um but I I didn't know what I should do I know what um what advice did you give Matt I know you were on TV but any good advice well I mean for Matt um I he's a good dude and he has a lot of skills and he's he's super caring and I just told him like don't let your head get too big and don't let it get too small because people are going to love you they're going to adore you and you're going to feel like you're king of the world but then also people are going to criticize you. It happens every time. And I said that way before any criticism actually happened. So he knew yeah. that like everybody gets it no matter how good you do this thing. Yeah. Um, and I said, don't let your head get too small um, because you're, you're too great for that. And so that's kind of where it went. Uh, I also just talked to him about his reaction. You know, Matt, there's not like a lot of advice I like to give more than just be there to answer any questions or yeah. to hear kind of where their heart's at. But the only advice I gave was that they never let your head get too big or too small. And then also you can control your reaction. Like, you know, be careful on how you react to things because it can have a multi multiplying effect if like you react poorly to something. So just stay level-headed, take a couple deep breaths. Um, and if you do that, then this is going to be fine. 
feel like you should be a motivational speaker too. I'm like, yes, I should do that in my brain. Yeah, we should all, right? It'd be better if we didn't react so much. I know, like, ah, so wise. Um, Were you surprised by any of the celebrity fans that are, like, that Jennifer Aniston is a fan of yours and, like, all of that? (laughs) Yes, yes, very much so. Um, I mean, Kevin Hart and Ice Cube are on my season. Like, that's wild. Yeah, Yeah, this is weird. I mean, there's nothing about that that doesn't, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, That I was in a car with them and we were on a show (laughs) together. Like, that's hilarious. So, yes, it's been surprising how many people are fans of the show. There's a lot of fans of The Bachelor. Um, They're they're everywhere. I mean, it's a huge show still. What do you think of the new, the two Bachelorettes now? How do you think this, the next two seasons will be and all that? I want to learn more about it. I don't know kind of what the structure is going to look like. I mean, I don't know either of them very well. I don't know at all personally, but like watching the show, I think, you know, they're they're going to be fun to watch and it's going to be interesting as it always is. And obviously there's a lot of change up and switch ups with this season from top to bottom. And it's going to be interesting to see what the show looks like and how it operates. But I don't know the structure of what the like is it, it's two separate seasons and are they going to be, you know, full seasons or shortened seasons? I just don't know any of that yet. Yeah. But I mean. I'm excited for it. It gives me more content to talk about on the podcast, which is always good. All right, Jess and the guest listeners, if you're watching this on YouTube and statistically around 80% of you are, use the below coupon or links. It'll take you to fabletics.com. It's the only leggings I wear. It's different sets every month. It's two for 24, your first pair. That's insane. I can't get one pair for under 70 in Los Angeles. Um, This is great athletic wear. It's gym wear. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Okay. Who's wearing dresses right now? Okay. You think I dress up like this normally? No. Use fabletics.com. Use the links right below. Link, subscribe, click. You know what to do. Yeah. I was just going to say, I love your podcast. I love that you guys talk about, I feel like the least interesting thing about people is like the show that they were on. They're on, there are so many more interesting things. So I love that you talk about that. Oh, yeah. Is there any um, um, any guest you've had on that surprised? Yeah, you? we we learned that early on. Is that you know we could talk about the show, but like at what point does that just get really old for people? Yeah. So let's start talking about things that matter, and their stories definitely matter. Yeah. Um, and we want to hear their stories, and so we dig into their stories, and I think that's the best part of our podcast is is hopefully that people can come on and explain who they are. Yeah. No. Do you have any podcast advice? Because I've you're so successful, I have no idea what I'm doing. So any advice I will gladly take. <laughs> Just keep being you. You know, people are going to listen to you because they like you. You can't be anything but you. Um, you know, in a for for any type long period of time. Yeah. Um, so keep being you. You're going to say some stuff that's going to be wrong. You're going to say some stuff that's going to be great. This is you know the coolest part about a podcast is is to journey with you and the people that listen as you grow and as they grow. Um, but yeah, you know, be confident in who you are because there's a reason that people will be tuning in. It's because they like you or maybe they don't. A lot of people listen to Almost Famous don't like me, but they <laughs> listen to not like me. And that's fine too. I guess it yeah. helps pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> people are crazy. I don't, what, um, how, how did you deal with like negative attention too? Like, how do you, I feel like that would be so hard. I mean, just from like comedy, it, mm-hmm. I get stuff. So I'm like, how do you do it when you're famous dealing with like, just the internet in general? <laughs> well, I don't handle it well. It still hurts um, often. I think those things that I've, the tools that I've been able to have though are, are figuring out a little bit more of who I am. Like, I don't want to dismiss criticism 
yeah. and say, no, I'll just do me. I'm doing everything right. Cause I know I'm not. And so I want to listen enough to be held accountable to grow and to change and to try to hurt as little uh, amount of people as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, so I do take some of that in, but I filter it then through family and friends and say, Hey, somebody said this and it's sticking with me. Is it true or is it not? And if they say it's not, then I, I can move forward and move on. Um, but yeah, I'd say for the most part, it still gets me. It's not fun. It's not a, a it's not a beneficial aspect of, of having people, but I guess at the same time, I'm, I'd rather people have some opinion of me than nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, and so I have to look at it like that too. At least, at least they're saying something. Yeah. You're so wise, Ben. Like I would never have guessed before reading your book, like how it's very inspiring. To, you're so philosophical. Well, no, I, I, I say a lot and I'm just hoping <laughs> one or two things make sense. And then, then we move, you know, then you say, Hey, nice job. And I say, thank you. And we move on. Everybody's like, Oh man, he said something good. Yeah. <laughs> no, will you do, I know you're getting married soon. Will you do any of your lip sync dance battle, like at the wedding, any uh, dance sure. moves? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a dance move I've had forever called the Higgy and you just put your hands up like this. <laughs> oh you put them out in front of you. You can do one hand. You can do oh. either hand. You can do both hands. You can do them up here. You can do it down <laughs> low. That's going to come out because it's where I live. It's where I live um, with my dance moves. <laughs> Oh, how is planning a wedding? And I can't even imagine how hard that is in this time. Like, is it been really challenging? It's been pushed back. Um, you know, we were going to get married in November of this year, hopefully. Well, we're going to get married no matter what. But uh, Jessica's been doing a lot of it. Yeah. I don't know how. I'm sure it's been difficult for her. I need to give her a little more love and credit because she's done a lot of it. But, um, you know, with it being pushed back and, and with everything consistently changing, it has gotten difficult. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody has felt that who's planning a wedding or a big event. And so we're not alone in that, but it just takes some navigating and some patience. And, and that's not always stuff that either of us have when we're planning such a big day. Yeah, no. Well, I'm ordained. So just saying, if you need anyone, <laughs> need so a backup. So am I. So <laughs> am I. We can, we can do it for each other. Yeah. Were you, wait, did you really, were planning a flash mob proposal or something? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was on tour um for the bachelor live on stage i was hosting it and yeah. with becca kufrin and um our dancers were like we're gonna do a flash mob we'll get our friends together and we'll do this awesome flash mob for your proposal and i was like that's incredible we're gonna do it to frank sinatra which was her grandfather's favorite song oh yeah and our favorite artist yeah and uh then that got canceled right um once COVID hit so we did in franklin tennessee where her family lives instead Aww. um at, in her backyard which was special and it was beautiful and it was it was what it was supposed to be it felt like oh that's so nice and yeah. wait can you tell me about generous coffee too i know you co-founded it and it everyone i know loves it so oh, how did you. that yeah. come about yeah well so generous coffee came about because 11 years ago my buddy started a nonprofit that i kind of joined on to called humanity and hope united and Humanity and Hope United was doing great things, um, but the one thing that we were lacking is the sustainable fundraising source. So my friend and I came up with this idea that if we created a for-profit, for-purpose business, so for-profit business, sold products, but then donated 100% of the profits to nonprofits and social causes around the world, then uh, we could be a sustainable fundraising source for these nonprofits. And that's where Generous started was with the idea that we could donate uh, first and um, build a business and scale a business and have more to donate on the back end. And, uh, and so Generous sells mostly coffee. Uh, it's specialty grade coffee. So it's the highest graded coffee you can get in the world. Best, best tasting coffee. 
Uh, you can go to generouscoffee.com to buy it. It means a lot. And then every bag um, is going to something greater, something better. And uh, and it's been a really cool project to be a part of. It's so incredible. To, I mean, good for you. It's, Thank you're you. making the world such a better place. It's awesome to see. Uh, some would argue that, but I, I try. <laughs> Are you working on anything now? I mean, you've done so much, like any other things. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really trying to formulate what this thing I do called Hope Still Wins is going to be. Uh, it's a show I do on Instagram Live on Wednesday nights with incredible thinkers and people I look up to, and and it, we just ask them where they're at in life and what they're up to, but then also do they believe in hope, and if they do, why, and if not, why not? I want that to be something good for a long period of time, and so we're working on that and trying to figure out what that thing is going to be, that next season of life and growth for it. Yeah. Uh, then I have a company that, um, my buddy and I just started a year ago. That's doing really well. And it could be of interest to somebody listening, but it's called my fan threads and my fan threads is a custom, um, uh, print on demand apparel company. And so we take, uh, banks, celebrities, nonprofit schools, whatever, and we can design apparel with you and then put it up on our website or make a website for you. And then you don't have to carry an inventory. So it's all print on demand. So as soon as somebody clicks the button and pushes order then the machine goes and grabs it prints it and sends it so you take the risk out of carrying inventory um which saves you a ton of money and eliminates a lot of risk yeah. so that's been a really fun project because it's kind of spread my uh, network because i've gotten to talk to some really incredible people who are who are now using us so those are the big things right now outside of generous and the podcast yeah uh, in the book those are like the, the <laughs> things i'm focused on Dear God, you just said so many things too i'm like god i'm doing one thing and i'm tired how are you doing all of this I'm really doing one thing too. I just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I just say it all and then hope that it comes together somehow. No. Well, Ben, you're incredible. Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, I feel like there's nothing you can't do at this point. I'm like, what, what else? But thank you. Yeah. Thank you for everything. You're amazing. Thank you. Jessica, for doing thank you. Thank yeah. you for uh, having me. Thank you for talking. Best of luck with this. Oh, thanks. And uh, wish you the best. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Jess and the guest. Please like, subscribe. You know the drill. All right, tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode and thank you again.